You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about not only decluttering our lives, but also our counseling practices. This week, we read Why Decluttering is Hard from Psychology Today 2022. Heather, we noticed that all of the information that all of us have coming at us all the time is really actually very focused at getting our attention. Right. I mean, there are so many things just by opening your email, Mm -hmm. you can be flooded with information. Oh, all the pop-ups. Right. Sure. Different things. You could be even doing a search for something that then takes you down a rabbit hole somewhere else. You're like, wait, Mm -hmm. I was just going to look up this other thing that I... Oh, sure. I think that happens to me work-related and not. Right. I start looking up something and then I realize I never really got the answer I was looking for, but now I'm looking at the more what best. Right. And um, I get totally distracted. Right. What are some ways that you think, maybe some more ways that our supervisees, this happens mm-hmm. to them, or as counselors, we, this could happen to us? I think it really happens, especially when you're a brand new supervisee. When you finish school, but you like haven't really acquired many hours yet, there are so many things that catch your attention with like, oh, I should do this in my practice. Oh, I should have this. Oh, what's the best platform yeah. to use? Or what's, I mean, there's all sure. different things flooded. I feel like a lot in the last week, even, I've had people who are just barely out of school, mm-hmm. not six months out or a year out, but just just maybe a couple months out of school. And they are all desperate and asking me, which certification do I start on? Right. And I'm like, oh, take a beat. Right. I mean, the ink isn't dry mm-hmm. on the last thing that you just finished, mm-hmm. but I can appreciate maybe I think it's harder now for them to decipher that than it was for me when I finished school. Oh, absolutely. There's just more out there. There's mm-hmm. just more content. Mm-hmm. What do you say to people when they ask, okay, what, what's my new project? What certificate am I going to work on now? What mm-hmm. do you tell them? Depending on how brand new they are, I might say, well, let's just like get your feet wet. Let's just like sure. take it slow. <laughs> let's yeah. not jump in yet. Yeah. You just learned a lot of clinical skills in a non-clinical setting. Yeah. So let's just like, you know, slowly and build up to that. And maybe that's a goal for you to look at different things in the future. Mm-hmm. But we- oh, I like that. I was going to say, I feel like if I tell someone, none of them, wait, right. Stop uh, it. <laughs> the, that's just not what they're looking for. Right. And so they don't like that answer. But I, I like what you say, because if you tell them like, hey, well, why don't we do this? And it's, you know, you, you're giving them a short term achievable goal that is in the direction of what they want to achieve. They want to get a certification. And you're saying, okay, well, let's, to help you do that, let's Mm -hmm. think about what you want to do. Right. I've kind of gotten into a pattern of telling people that I think, because I don't think I'm going to dissuade them from thinking about a certificate, I think life will dissuade them. They're going to get busy trying to get Mm -hmm. their hours towards licensure. But I tell them, if I had to do it over again, I would focus on certifications that really excite me right something you'd be passionate about something mm-hmm. that drives you 
Mm-hmm. Not and just like, oh, this one is here and it's easy. Right. Yeah. Ex- or even CEUs. Right. You could, oh, I did a while ago. I had, she was so eager and sweet. I had this associate at the time she was an intern and I didn't know it. She was making every single day that she had any available free time. She was attending free CEUs. Wow. Everywhere. All over the Metroplex in person. And when she couldn't find one in person, she was doing one virtually. And it was so much. I bet she was getting five to six every, wow. every week. That's crazy. And I love that she was so excited, but right. she was overwhelmed. And then she was confused because it was just way too much stuff. Right. And it, none of it was focused. Well, I was going to say, and I bet because of how broad sweeping mm-hmm. like psychology is in general, you could have even been getting like conflicting information. Right. right. Yes. Two sides that don't add up and then you're yeah. really lost. Yeah. So I didn't realize she was doing that until she told me. And she told me because she was so overwhelmed, exhausted, confused. And went, Brain didn't uh, want more intake. Uh, right. Stop. Yeah. No more. So, yeah, I, I tell people who are asking about certification, start asking. I, maybe it's exactly the same thing, just different words right. than you use. Try and figure out what makes you excited. Try and figure right. out where what would be useful to you, practical. I also tell them. If you really, any of them that are worthwhile are going to take time and money mm-hmm. and you do not want to spend a bunch of time and money and then realize halfway through, I don't care about this thing. Right. Not into it. Or I thought it was something different. Mm-hmm. So those are things that happen to our supervisees. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, I'm sure. I can't yeah. think of like a concrete thing, but I know often I get swooped up by the idea of like, oh, look at this looks interesting. And it might be a topic I'm really interested in. And then I'm like, wait, I can already do that i don't Mm -hmm. need that certification (laughs) or maybe it just gives me perspective to like try something different in my practice Mm -hmm. or like do something new probably more on my side it's like maybe i'm just getting like stalemate and like doing the same thing all the time i think this is a smaller scale example ways that this might happen to me as a counselor is that the information or the input that i'm getting Mm -hmm. is not allowing me to see new perspectives. And so I start seeing all the clients in the same way. Right. So like an eating disorder Mm -hmm. example might be if I had a lot of eating disorder clients and I all, and I started saying eating disorders are all about control. And then I just, I applied that to every single client I had because that was the input I was getting. That's the opinion Mm -hmm. I'm hearing from people around me or trainings or whatever I'm getting that it doesn't allow me to consider other opinions. Right. It blocks the chances of that happening. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, maybe like my supervisee, she had so much input, she was overwhelmed by the amount of trying to understand and synthesize all of it. And also you can get input that narrows your view. Kind of put your blinders on. Mm -hmm. Okay, second point, all this information that's coming at us is actually pretty intentional and it is intentionally geared towards pulling at your heartstrings. Right. So it's... It's marketed towards us right. and marketed in a way that it engages us emotionally. It's social. It's There's something about it that um, draws us in. Well, don't you want to be the best counselor you can be? Oh, that's true. <laughs> yep. So if they put that on, maybe if they started right. out every advertisement <laughs> for a new training, right. that certainly would have caught the attention of my supervisee. Right. Wanted to go. To, she would have right. thought, oh, yes, right. I have to go to that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any, what else? How else are they? Have you noticed that they're pulling at our heartstrings or, and, you know, enticing us or engaging us? I think sometimes it doesn't even come from a 
clinical background, maybe they're looking, maybe there's advertisements out there that are looking for you to support their group or their cause. They're looking for backing. Mm -hmm. They're looking for new members for certain things. And so they're wanting you to dive in because it's better for the kids if we have X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that happens often in our field. We have a lot of people in our field that are very passionate about helping Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. easy. I think we're an easy mark. Yeah. True. Yes. (laughs) I'm thinking like, let's all do it. That kind of mentality. Right. I don't think I'm trying. I'm trying to decide if I think this is a positive or a negative. (laughs) Um, I think I've always thought about it as a positive. The professional organizations I'm a part of, once they've had like their annual conference, Mm -hmm. for sure, they're going to blast a ton of posts on all different kinds of social media or all, all the ways they put things out in print. Of all of the attendees having a ton of fun. Right. Wasn't that like awesome? Hugging each other. Right. Group group pictures. Mm -hmm. If there was one happy hour social situation there, they got 50 pictures from it. Everybody's holding a drink Mm -hmm. and smiling and hugging somebody in in an attempt to get people to want to attend. Right. To get involvement. Maybe I think that's a positive because I think all those groups that I'm a part of are doing positive things. Mm -hmm. But. If there was a group that wasn't. Right. Could easily be. Yeah. yeah. So it's pulling at our heartstrings. Do you think this, so we think this might affect us. Do you think it sometimes catches our supervisees hook, line, and sinker? Yeah, I think it does in a little bit of a different way. I think it's back to that, like, you know, don't you want to be the best counselor you can be? Or it mm-hmm. might pull at them a little bit in a way of like, well, school didn't teach you everything. So you need to know this or you need to dive in here. You know. Yeah. Do you know? I don't, and I don't know. I'd never thought of it as being intentional, but we're saying that all of this input and information and Mm -hmm. interaction is intentional. I have supervisees who right now are part of Facebook groups for clinical supervisees. Okay. So so we're not invited. Right. We're not included. Yeah. And (laughs) um, my supervisees tell me that sometimes it's really helpful and encouraging and other times it's just a bitch fest. Right. You just need to complain about how horrible something yeah. was. And that they recognize that sometimes they want to be involved and other times they start to think, ugh, this is dragging me down. Right. But I do think if we're saying this input, all this stuff mm-hmm. that's coming at us is intended to pull at your heartstrings or be emotional or be social, right. then that would be true. Right. That if everybody's saying, I hate this stupid hours thing, mm-hmm. I can't believe they make us do all this stuff, then it would, that is emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And so it would be easy to start feeling like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is so unfair. We're in, we're all indentured slaves. Right. So more information that, and I think then the fact that it's coming at us so much and in so many different ways. And number two, that it's intended to pull at your heartstrings mm-hmm. and engage you. Then we need to be careful and thoughtful about what we let in. Right. And what we don't let in. Right. Developing that filter is mm-hmm. incredibly important. I mean, it happens to us and we're seasoned. We've done this a really long time. Mm-hmm. We don't always have the best filter for it. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to filter it out, but then also realizing that like, generally speaking, back to the basics, you and I have done therapy for long enough. Yeah. So that's our third point. The fewer distractions you have, maybe the better you are. Right. When you say back to basics, what do you mean? Empathetic listening. Mm-hmm following someone telling their story or telling whatever they needed to work on for that week and really just reflecting. I think any brand new counselor probably has those skills. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. need to get so caught up in being a specialist of one said thing, which is a lot of what schools promote and what different agencies promote. Oh, you have to do this and be this way. But just being present with a client. Mm -hmm. Some of those are the basic things that 
Like weed out the rest of the stuff that's coming in. Just do your thing. Yeah. I was part of the Association for Play Therapy's conference committee for, I think, 10 years. And what I did as part of the committee was that we would go through all the proposals. We would also look at feedback from the previous year. And from all of that, we would compile Mm -hmm. who would present each year at their annual conference. And every year, I think it was a really good discussion, an important one that we had every year, but it did feel like, and here we go again. Here's our, it's a year time where we're going to kind of bicker and give each other a hard time a little bit. But the discussion was, how much do we focus on the new technique? Right. How much of our conferences, let me show you a new technique, let me show you a new model versus learning or practicing or reflecting on therapeutic skills Mm -hmm. or the thought process behind what we're doing. Right. And it was, we were always divided, but I think that that was good. Mm -hmm. I think we needed people on both sides of that argument to help us find a nice middle. Right, a balance. Mm -hmm. But the argument for fewer techniques and more theory was you could have learn a ton of techniques, but it doesn't help you with each individual client. But if you know the thought process behind it, you can ultimately come up with your own techniques that fit the situation or the client. And so then fewer distractions or fewer things to get in the way. Right. I think too, sometimes, and I do appreciate this, certainly Association for Play Therapy did this, but it is also a Texas requirement too, that no continuing education be a sales pitch. Right. Which I think is mm-hmm. is nice and and right. lends itself towards this that that trying to se- sell your new book or your new toy right. or your new mm-hmm. fidget or whatever it is right. maybe lends trends towards being more of a distraction mm-hmm. and not decluttering or getting back to basics. Right. What if we talk about decluttering our own minds? How do you declutter if if all of this stuff is coming at us and it's in the background of what we're thinking and doing all the time? How do you declutter and get focused for a client? I think that depends on what you're walking into. But Mm -hmm. for me, if I've got a quick five minutes before a client's going to walk in, sometimes it's about just checking out my personal needs first, right? Do I need to run to the restroom and do I have water? Those are Mm -hmm. my cues. But then just really getting in mind, okay, last week when we talked, this client was here. Mm -hmm. Like to really get back into that groove fairly quickly, just take some deep breaths, kind of get reset. Because if you go into it without doing that, especially if you have a more intense client, you can easily get caught up with all the outside noise, right? Yeah. You're going to get caught up with everything else that's coming. Oh, well, I think she said that she was bipolar, but she's not medicated. What does that mean? Like, yeah. you could easily get... Right. I was thinking, you know, sometimes with play clients, but I think with any client, you could do this. If you get really involved in planning the session and you've got, okay, we're going to do this technique or this activity mm-hmm. or this thing, right? that you might miss the client for all of your activities right so you spend like 10 minutes you've got before they get there you know maybe in my case planning a food exposure right doing this and do Mm -hmm. and then um they walk in and you know their boyfriend broke up with them and you're like well forget the food exposure right right (laughs) that you know sometimes the things that we think might be helpful or the things that all that information or all the techniques or all the things that pull at our heartstrings and make us emotional could distract from what we're doing sometimes. And I definitely think, like you said, that this happens to us. And so, of course, this happens to counselors who 
aren't as practiced, right. don't have as much experience. And so they need some help and guidance sometimes to say, okay, let's declutter mm-hmm. both ourselves, our sessions, our focus or our goals so that right. we can get at truly our what we're trying to accomplish. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is our ultimate goal about our time together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a hard thing to model, yeah. right? Because it's all internal and in, interpersonal. Right. Which I think also lends itself, like we're describing with clients, but also in supervision. Right. That you can get distracted and your supervision session might even feel a little cluttered with maybe all the things that they want to talk mm-hmm. about. So focusing in on something that has less, fewer distractions and can help us all feel accomplished. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. We would love to hear your suggestions of topics that we might cover. Thanks. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.